This is episode 26 of the High Life Podcast. Welcome to the High Life Podcast. I'm Meredith Wadsworth, your host and certified wellness coach. Each episode covers all things health and wellness, providing weekly inspiration and information for ways to honor yourself every day. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode. I am recording now from my Airbnb in Paris where I arrived two days ago and I am so excited to be here. It is a beautiful, sunny, but somewhat overcast day. My absolute favorite for you guys who who know me well, I actually prefer overcast days to sunny days. Now, you know, that it comes with a grain of salt because, you know, obviously sunny days are magnificent. And when you're on a beach and you have this, you have the sea and everything and like, that's amazing. But, um, whenever I'm in a city, especially when I'm in a city, I prefer overcast days to sunny days because I have this weird sort of FOMO anxiety that I get that I feel like everybody else is doing something more fun than me or like spending the day in a better way than I am. Even if I'm doing exactly what I want to be doing in that moment, if I walk by people like having a really good time, I'm like, oh my God, they're having more fun than me. Like I'm not spending the day, (laughs) I'm not spending the day enough doing the right things. And so it makes me really anxious. Um, And so instead I love overcast days because I feel like people are, you know, not doing as much necessarily outside, you know, they're doing their own thing either inside or, or studying or in a cafe or whatever. And I just feel really calm and relaxed doing whatever I want to be doing. I know it's kind of silly, but that's just how I am. And, um, yeah, so I love my, I love my overcast days. Um, I love my sunny days too. Do not get me wrong, but when I'm in a city, this is what I love. And so it feels amazing outside. It's nice and cool. That's the other thing is cities get really, really hot when it's too sunny and overcast just keeps everything cool, keeps it calming. And I just feel like I could explore for hours on end. Um, and it's just my favorite. So before I get out and do that today, I just wanted to come on and chat with you guys because it's been a few weeks since I recorded. Um, and there's kind of a few reasons for that. Um, one being that I was spending the entire last week at my Workaway. So for those of you who don't know Workaway, that is a website which is amazing that I recommend everybody check out, whether you're looking to do traveling um, you know, affordably, or you're just looking for a somewhat different experience, or you're looking to travel for a longer period of time and don't want to be staying in a hotel the whole time, or just a way to experience a different kind of lifestyle. Workaway is a fantastic way to do that because it connects you with people who are hosts, essentially, kind of like when you're doing a homestay over um, a study abroad you can stay with a family who is hoping to, one, get to know different travelers from different parts of the world. Um, And often there's sort of that cultural or language exchange that's involved there. But um, they're also looking to get a helping hand around their house, either with household household chores, um, cleaning up, cookings, um, (laughs) cooking, cleanings and cookings. And um, maybe they have projects going on that they need some help with, or, you know, they're trying to, to do some restoration in their house or whatever, or maybe they need an au pair. They need some, someone to help care for their kids with them. Um, they need someone to help teach their kids English. 
um, or maybe it's gardening or any number of things. Literally, there's like the sky's the limit with these things. And what I think is also so cool is that they kind of can tailor to you and who you are. So just because someone's host profile says they're looking for something in particular, if you reach out and just say, hey, you know, I can try my best at that, but also this is what I'm really good at, oftentimes people are really willing and open to to having you come stay with them, even if it doesn't fit exactly what they're looking for. Because in the end, at the end of the day, both parties are just looking for a new experience, exploring and understanding different people and just having those cool connections. So this was my very, very first workaway experience. And I decided that I wanted to do this because ultimately I really wanted to experience traveling in a way that was different from what I've been used to. And now I say that what I'm used to is kind of, you know, going and staying in hotels and doing a lot of touristy things. And while I'm so, so fortunate and grateful that I have had the ability to do that and that I come from a family where we've traveled every year of my life to amazing places. And I've seen lots of Europe before I've been to Paris several times before I've been to different places in Italy and, um, they were all incredible experiences. And so this time around, I didn't want to just recreate the experiences that I had had with my family or um, even from city to city, you know, like I'll still go to major capitals that I haven't been to before with lots of touristy things to do and kind of do those things because it's, that's always great to, you know, at least do them once and see the sites. But I didn't want to just recreate kind of that experience in each place that I go. The experience being, you know, finding something really cushiony and comfortable in a hotel or in an Airbnb or something, doing my own thing, and then taking in the sights, but ultimately not really immersing myself in the culture and kind of just observing it. And what I really, really wanted, you know, when I first set out to travel and to um, really embrace this time of my life as an opportunity to get to know cultures other than my own and different lifestyles and different way people view health and, and happiness aside from my own, I knew that I needed to be more immersed in it, um, immersed in it rather. I needed to not look at it from an outsider's perspective. I needed to help myself kind of become an insider in a way, um, not only through meeting other people, but through putting myself sort of into their lifestyle in a way. And when I thought back on, you know, how do I, how do I want to feel when I come home or come back to the States after, however long I'm, I'm off traveling, you know, do I want to feel like, all right, that was cool. Like I saw a lot of amazing things I'd never seen before. Like that was awesome. But I wanted an added layer to it. I wanted to feel like it had changed me in a way that just, you know, being a tourist wouldn't necessarily change me. I wanted to be more enlightened, be more open-minded. I wanted to be challenged in ways that I hadn't been challenged before. Not that, you know, traveling on your own in general is its own challenge. Absolutely. But in terms of the things that I brought back to my day-to-day life and the things that I want to implement into my future routines, wherever I settle down and wherever I start recreating those routines, once I sort of have some of that, um, that, uh, you know, uh, groundedness again, I wanted to be able to implement the things that I'd learned over in Europe and everywhere else that I go into, into my future lifestyle. And so to do that, I knew that I needed to take myself out of my comfort zone. I needed to put myself into something like a workaway where I could really be immersed in that. And, um, so I went on and I just was searching. I knew I was going to be in France for pretty much the month of July because 
At the end of June, I went to Italy with my sister and her husband and his family um, to go to the Palio, which I talked about a little bit in my, I think it was two episodes ago. Um, the Palio is a horse race in Siena that they do twice a year, which was really awesome. And it was on my brother-in-law's bucket list for a long time. So that was a, a fun thing that we did. And, um, after that they had a wedding to go to in the South of France. So I was tagging along for all of those things because effectively they needed a babysitter for my nephew, which I was more than happy to do. And when they were like, you should just come to Italy and and South of France with us and babysit Robbie while we're at this wedding, I was like, um, yes, please. So, um, that was awesome. And we, we did a little, um, a little road trip in between driving from Siena to the South of France and, we were driving through a bunch of smaller towns all along that drive where I was just kind of like in awe at how vast this world is. You know, it was really in that moment that I kind of saw like just how, you know, far stretched civilization is. Like we always kind of think that like there's all these condensed little silly cities and villages and things. And there's really so much life in between them all. And that's just not really talked about or shown to the rest of the world. And I just kept like looking at all these incredible houses and even, you know, the ones like that are in valleys or that were in mountains and just ones that we drive by on random off roads. And I just kept thinking, you know, who are those people? What do they, what do they wake up and do with their day? You know, what, what do they value? How do they spend their time? What does, what does family life mean to them? What does community mean to them? And that was like more interesting to me really than when we finally got to some of our city destinations. I was like really curious how those other people lived their life. And so I knew that when I wanted to go to a work away, I wanted to go to some place that was kind of remote, that was really not well known, that was sort of somewhat off the grid, if you will, and just completely different from what I was used to. And, um, so I knew that, uh, we would, I would be in France basically for the month of July because I was starting in the South of France. And then my sister and brother-in-law were flying back to London from there. And I just had, you know, I had nothing that I needed to go back to London for. London's great, but I wanted to see more of France and especially more Southern parts of France because I'd, I'd seen Paris a few times. Um, but I figured I should take advantage of being down in the South instead of just training straight to Paris. So um, that was when I did, you know, some research onto where I would go from there. And, um, I took to Instagram and a bunch of you guys, um, who follow me on Instagram gave me some awesome tips and suggestions of places to go visit in the Southern regions of France. And, um, you guys honestly did not make it an easy decision for me because that you gave me such awesome, awesome ones. And I definitely have to go back to a lot of the ones that I wasn't able to go to, but I managed to go to this little town on the southwest coast called Hosegor. And for those of you who are familiar more with Biarritz, it's about mm, an hour max north of Biarritz. And um, what, what I found when I Googled it was that it's a surf town and that it basically had all the appeal of Hawaii with the charm of France. And I was like, well, that sounds like right up my alley. And I was like, that'll be the perfect thing to do. It'll be, you know, right after having spent time with 
my um, sister and her husband and his family, and I'll have a few beach days and just kind of reacclimate myself before and going and doing a work away, which I knew I wanted to do. So I got into a car with a stranger, and I will explain that as well. So What's awesome is that here in France, and I think some other parts of Europe too, they have this app called Blah Blah Car. And unlike Uber, where they're all like kind of registered drivers and effectively they're, you know, like registered taxi drivers, um, Blah Blah Car is just everyday people who have a car and they are already making a, a trip from A to B on their own. And they can put in this app that they are making this trip and they can fit, you know, three more people in their car or whoever many. And, um, if anybody wants to also go from A to B with them or, or maybe they need to go just someplace nearby to where you're going or, you know, they're in between where you're going and you could pick them up on the way, like that kind of thing. Um, it's just carpooling essentially. And it's awesome because not only does it, uh, benefit the planet because, you're taking one car and you're, um, saving gas miles and, um, and you can share like highway, um, uh, tolls and everything. Um, but it just makes it really easy and it's, it's a cool, affordable way to travel and to meet really cool people. So this was also my first opportunity or or experience with blah, blah car. And yes, I understand that it could be potentially sketchy. And of course your mom is like, don't get in cars with strangers. And that's exactly what I did. But this part of my life is all about taking, (laughs) taking risks, taking calculated risks, of course. But, um, I felt safe doing it because a, when you sign up for blah, blah car, you have to put in a picture of your passport. People, they kind of have to validate your identity basically to prove that you're like a legit person and you're not using like fake names and stuff. Um, and also people can rate you both as a carpooler and as a driver. And the girl that I ended up driving with, like she had both good ratings and I just felt better about the fact that she was a girl and you can see how old she is and she was my age. And I was like, okay, cool. And, um, you also can like contact them. They give like a a cell phone number or WhatsApp. And so I started texting her and I was just, you know, getting to know her a little bit. Um, so I felt really comfortable when it was time to get in the car with her and which turned out to be one of the best decisions I've ever made because that was like a five hour drive and she became my fast friend like instantly. And, um, it was an easy, super easy drive. And we just like connected really fast. And the whole time we had just like, were gabbing as if we were old friends and just sharing like really personal things, which is just funny to think that like, I'd really only met her three hours ago and we were already sharing like really personal parts of our life. Um, and then when we got to Hosegor where she had just moved in only like five or seven months ago, she, um, was able to, to hang out with me and tour me around. And she worked at this, Oh my God. She worked at this place called Le Mango Tree, which is, you've probably seen it all over my Instagram when I was in Hosegor and I, I posted a, a picture of my breakfast recently. Um, it's this, this like all natural, um, juice and smoothie bar with like, um, plant-based food. I think it's like, it's like 90% vegan. I think maybe they have like an egg or something served once, but like, otherwise it's, it's, it's all plant-based and it's so good. And she works there. And so that was pretty awesome. I think I went every single day that I was there. 
Yeah, I definitely went every single day that I was there. Um, and I kid you not, it was like some of the best smoothie bowls I've had in my life. Oh, and they had this like awesome vegan burrito that I got for my bus ride on my last day to, to take with me in the afternoon. And I'm so glad I did that. It was so good. But anyway, that's a side note. Ultimately doing blah, blah, car and taking that risk and, um, doing, you know, taking sort of the road less traveled, if you will, by traveling an unconventional way allowed me to make an amazing new friend that I now have in the South of France in this little town called Holsegor. And, um, I cannot wait to go back and visit and visit her and, um, and just and hang out there more because I really only had a few days and I would have loved to stay longer, but I'd already booked a bus to head up north, um, which I will get to. But um, the other thing is that when I was in uh, Hosegor, I was also staying at a hostel, which um, I was there for three nights, I believe. And hostels are another really cool, affordable way that um, so long as, you know, you kind of do your research ahead of time and make sure that it's not... Um, totally out of your comfort zone or, you know, make sure that it has decent reviews and that a lot of people have been there and, um, it's in a safe place can be a really, really awesome way to also get to meet people and to not only travel on a, on a budget friendly way. Um, but, uh, they're often located in, in really, um, good areas that are close to a lot of the things that people come to wherever you are to do. Um, and if anything else, the people who help, who who work at the hostels can give you really good recommendations on like things to do, places to eat, like where to rent bikes and that kind of stuff. So, um, I recommend hostels greatly to anyone who is looking to travel, um, that way, whether you're on a budget or not. And that kind of ties into what my overall message for this podcast today is, which I know I haven't really even mentioned yet. And we're like almost 20 minutes in is that the reason that I'm basically traveling in all of these different ways is because I, again, didn't really, maybe I did touch on this. I didn't want to just recreate the same experience everywhere I go. Like the easy way to do this, to travel is like to plan ahead, to like book your hotels, wherever you're going to plan where you want to go and then plan the sites you want to see when you're there. And like how many days you want to spend in each place. And then like your, your transportation from A to B and like having that all planned out. And if you're a type A person and like, that's what you need to do to like stay sane when you're traveling, totally get it. I've been there in the past and while that was great and it served its purpose, I'm now at a place where I wanted to welcome spontaneity into my life and kind of just go by how I'm feeling in the moment. And so while, while I did kind of have this plan, you know, to be in host score for only a few days. And then I had a bus booked or whatever, you know, like I plan things out in advance within reason, you know, so as long, so long as, um, you know, a few days ahead of time, you're going to get a cheaper ticket, obviously, then you buy something like day of, and you know, you need to kind of, if you're staying at a hostel or an Airbnb, you need to tell them that you're planning to leave on X date, you know, but in other words, I'm kind of planning everything out like max two weeks in advance. And occasionally I'll put something like a month or two months into the future, but leaving tons of window in, in, in between for me to do whatever I feel called to do or feel or go wherever I feel called to go. And, um, and, and with that, I also, like I said, didn't want to just, you know, be staying in hotels the whole time or Airbnbs the whole time, because while those are great and they're a great way to kind of reground yourself, recollect yourself and have your own space, which I love and I need, like I, I know that I need my own space. I'm a, I'm a homebody and 
I, um, I recharge as an introvert. I recharge by being alone and with my own thoughts and having my space to do my yoga and to cook. And I need that to recenter, but it can also be isolating. And while I am an introvert, I like to say I'm an extroverted introvert. And so I do like to be around people and to feed off of their energy once I'm recharged. Um, but I think that giving yourself the varied experiences of staying in hostels as well as hotels, as well as Airbnbs, as well as staying with friends, um, is what's ultimately going to give you the most well-rounded experience. It's going to allow you to feel like you're not just traveling and being a tourist and you're not just, um, you know, fighting for, for scraps. Like if you're someone who's traveling and you're kind of trying to do it on a budget, you you don't have to spend the whole time feeling like you're, you know, sleeping on a couch, um, or that you have to shove all of your things that you have into a little locker and, and not really feel like you're living your best self, you know, the entire time, because, you know, when you're in a hostel, you're often, you're not given a closet. So you kind of do have to put all your things in a locker for a few days and like for a few days, that's fine. That's great. And I'm not spending, you know, I'm not there to spend all my time at the hostel. Like I'm there to sleep and then go and do things. And, um, so, but then, you know, in contrast to that, I'm staying in an Airbnb right now and I have like so much space to myself and I love it. And my, my clothes are properly hung up and, um, I have my yoga mat out on the floor and I can cook when I want. And like, that's amazing to have both of those things. I'm so grateful for both experiences. I don't value one experience over the other. Um, and I can tell you in a moment, sort of like how I decide what kind of accommodation to stay in, depending on where I am. Um, but I think, you know, I was talking to uh, to someone recently and they were asking me, oh, you know, like, where are you staying in Hostagor and where are you staying in, um, in Paris and, and what is this workaway thing? And, you know, are, is the reason that you're doing this is because you're on someone of, of a budget and, and like, why are you using blah, blah car instead of, you know, paying for, you know, a nice train or, for, or flying or whatever. And I was like, you know, it's not necessarily because I'm on a budget. Like there are certain things that I feel like, you know, I, I, I value spending my money on certain things over others for sure. And I'm not, I'm not tight with money. Um, I'm fortunate enough to say, but I also feel like things kind of even out, you know, I feel like when I both, both like what I was saying before in terms of, you know, the social aspect and, and being surrounded by other people that evens out with me being in a secluded Airbnb. And then I feel like I've gotten my both. I've balanced that out. And same thing when I feel like I can stay, you know, for four nights in a place and spend $60 total on accommodation because hostels are cheap as fuck. And then I go to another place where I'm spending $60 a night instead of $60 total, $60 a night for an Airbnb for, you know, a few other days. It all kind of evens out because I know that, that's what I value in a certain, in one place and what I need in another place. And I, I don't feel like when I'm in, when I'm in a, um, a place where I know that I'm only going to be there for a short period of time. And my purpose for being there is to see the kind of see the sites, do the things, and then I'm on to the next. I know that I'm not going to be planning to spend a lot of time like at the hostel. Um, so it's easy for me to be like, yeah, all I really need to pay for is a bed. Like that's all I really need. So done, let's do that. Make it easy. And then there are other places like when I'm in Paris or a place where I feel like I'm going to be there for a little bit longer that I'm going to need my time to recollect, to recharge, to chill. And I, I feel like, you know, I've done a lot of the touristy things in Paris already. So I knew that I would be coming here and spending more time 
doing some work, some studying, um, podcast recording, journaling, doing yoga, just wandering about at leisure, I knew that I was going to need my space for that. And so I knew that investing in an Airbnb here was going to be more worth that. Um, so that's kind of how I decide, you know, what kind of place to stay at. Um, but again, I kind of just go with what I'm feeling, what my gut tells me that I need in the moment and honoring myself with whatever that answer is. Um, and, um, but anyway, getting back to the workaway experience, that was what I did after, um, I was in Hosegor and then I bust to, um, Bordeaux for one night, um, where I did just a, one little day of walking about the city of, um, touring it by foot, which was really cute. And Bordeaux was beautiful and I would definitely go back, but I feel like a lot of what you do there is, you know, like wine tastings and things like that. And, um, that would be really fun with family, but I feel like I saw or friends or family, but I feel like for being there solo, I saw and did what I wanted to do in a day. And then it was on to my work away. So from there I got on a three hour train that took me straight into Paris and then a short one hour train back out of Paris down to this little village town called Joigny. And, um, that's where my work away, um, host, uh, her name was Nikki picked me up and brought me to her like 18th century farmhouse, um, in this little hamlet. So they're called just kind of like a word for, you know, neighborhoods, essentially. Um, they're kind of all spread out. So there's kind of like a, a, a grouping of, of homes, of farm homes, um, that are then, you know, a few miles from another grouping of farm homes. Um, and I was there for a week and what we kind of had agreed to is that I was going to be there to help her with the gardening. And, um, I told her that I was really into yoga and, and Pilates and things like that. And she was, um, eager to get into that. So she was like, Oh, maybe you can help me with that. And she also was, um, working for herself as well. And, you know, as a, as a work away, she also was doing Airbnb hosting and, um, a number of other things. So she was looking for a little bit of computer help as well as, um, sharing some of the cooking. But, um, I, was really excited to go for a number of reasons. One, because like I said, this little town of, um, Shawnee, which was, um, sort of like a, a suburb of, of Joigny. So Joigny is really small. And then even smaller than that is Sharni. And if you look it up on a map, like you're not even going to see it unless you really, really zoom in. And that was exactly what I wanted. I wanted something that was like off the grid, people don't really know about that is going to be true, authentic life. There's nothing there that is um, trying to be what it's not, or that is trying to convince people or trying to, you know, have this hidden agenda. Like it is just an authentic little French town. And it was just perfect for me um, for that week that I needed to experience something different and be more immersed. And um, what I didn't realize until I was there is that Nikki is actually British and so, but she's lived in France and she's lived in, in, in Joigny for like the past like 30 something years. She raised all of her kids there and her kids are all um, grown up and out of the house. But, um, she, yeah, she was originally from, um, England and, uh, you know, spent a lot of time in Italy and then eventually moved to Joigny um, and had a life there. But, um, even so, you know, she spoke fluent French and she had lots of friends that would coming over and speaking French and we would go into town. And so I, I got to, um, to use a bit of my French there, which was fun. 
But otherwise, um, it was kind of nice that she spoke English because already I was in such a place that was so outside my comfort zone that it was nice to be able to converse with her in my native language. Um, but, uh, yeah. And then every day, uh, I would wake up and I would make a breakfast. Um, and then I would go out and do some hours of, of gardening, which was obviously not what I'm used to. Like I've helped my mom in the garden before when I was younger and I think that's fun, but it's been years since I've done that just cause I haven't been living at home. And most of my days have been, you know, as of, as of recently have been waking up and, and doing different travelings and things or, or studying or working. And, um, well, that's, that's great. And I, I love, I love what I'm doing and I'm so grateful to be here. All of you, you guys know this stuff, but just changing that up a bit for a week and having a, a purpose when I wake up in the morning that is completely outside of myself was really refreshing to wake up and know that my day had a plan and it didn't have anything to do with bettering myself, but it had to do with helping somebody else was just, um, it was, it was really kind of re-inspiring, reinvigorating and just gave a new perspective to what I was doing with my time and with my day and how I can structure my day. And, um, it kind of reminded me of, of what it felt like when I was waking up and going to a nine to five, but in a good way, you know, that kind of way where people, some people love that, that aspect of a nine to five that they wake up and, um, rather than kind of knowing they have all the time in the world to do whatever they need to do when you're working for yourself, they instead like the structure of knowing that they have to be somewhere at a certain time and they have certain breaks in the day. And, um, um, there, there are those positive aspects to, working in like a a corporate environment. Some people thrive on that. Um, and there were times that I did, I did really like that. And there were other times where I was like, you know, I don't really want to be told when to be creative or when to do my shit. I like, I trust myself to do things when I want to do them. But, um, sometimes I did kind of miss that. Like I I missed a little bit of that structure. And so it was really kind of nice to wake up and, and feel like I had a little bit of that structure back in my day. But, that was also supportive of the things that I did want to do for myself. So while I was waking up and, um, you know, gardening most of the day, like I said, I had time in the morning to have breakfast on my own, to get in my meditation, to do a little bit of yoga before I was going out and and working in the garden. And, um, I had time to, to make and prepare a really nice lunch in the afternoon and enjoy it with company rather than just eating it on my own or while listening to a podcast or something. Um, and, then there were also opportunities where we would go out and we would go into the little town and we went to like this folk concert and I met some of her friends. And one of the other coolest parts is that one of her daughters came home for a night and her daughter was my age and also spoke both fluent English and French. And she was living just on the outskirts of Paris and had recently become a freelance photographer. And so we instantly bonded over the fact that we were working for ourselves, you know, talking about our, our hardships and the excitements and and things like that. And, um, it was just so cool that, you know, I wasn't expecting to make like a good friend out of it. You know, I was expecting to make, you know, have this really awesome connection with this woman who was, you know, living in this small town outside France, um, to have had this experience to, to garden in this really cool um, old home that was just beautiful. And that would, you know, broaden my horizons a bit, but I wasn't expecting to actually get, you know, a a, a real friend out of it too. Um, which I did. And that was so cool because, you know, she only stayed at the house for a night, but then she was going back to Paris and I told her I was headed there next. 
And that was who I hung out with all day yesterday. You know, I, I got to Paris and then the next day we woke up, I woke up and went out and met her. Um, she lives in like one of the banlieues um, of Paris, which is like one of the neighborhoods outside the city center. And we went to this beautiful park and um, I did some yoga with her while she took photos for me, which was just such a fun exchange and such an awesome connection. And I'm so grateful to have met her. She's really awesome. Um, if you're curious, her name is Emma Marsh and you should go follow her on Instagram. And especially if you're in Paris and you're looking for a photographer for anything, hit her up cause she's awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, just another example of the things that I could never have predicted would happen, um, or that the experiences that I would get out of, um, out of being here and out of traveling and being open-minded and sort of allowing things to happen as they do and allowing the spontaneity into my life rather than keeping everything super structured because had I done that, you know, maybe I, maybe I would have planned out too far to, you know, too much to have been able to fit in a full day of hanging out with Emma, you know, or, or because I don't know how long I'm going to be staying in Paris or where I want to go after that, you know, maybe, maybe now I, I know that I want to go back to Hostgore instead of going to a new place because I have awesome, I have made awesome friends there and I kind of want to go back and see them or, or, or not, you know, maybe I'll go somewhere else. But in other words, creating too much structure doesn't, would, would not have allowed me to have this freedom to make choices and create experiences off of the experiences that I couldn't have predicted that I would have had. That was kind of wordy, but I hope that made sense. And that's really kind of what I think life is in a nutshell. Um, I know we're kind of taking this like into much broader terms now, but I think when we try to place so much control over things that are going on in our life, we limit ourselves so much and inhibit the experiences that we don't even know that we want to have. I think we have, we always have what we think is such a clear image in our minds of exactly what we want and how we want our life to be and who we want it to include that we focus so much on the the having of that or the lack of having that, that we don't welcome in. We don't allow the space for things to enter our life that we don't even know that we want that could be and are likely going to be better than what we think that we want. So that's why I've been so focused on allowing this, the spontaneity, um, into my life and to sort of bookend it with bits of, of groundedness and structure and all the while checking in with myself as to how am I feeling during all of this? Am I experiencing the things that, you know, I didn't know that I was going to experience, but, but ultimately what I'm learning from them, are they changing me for the better? Are they helping me to see things differently? Are they helping me to keep an open perspective and to continue to honor myself in different ways every day? Um, and, and checking in that, you know, am I making progress towards what my overall goals are? You know, I think there's a fine line between knowing what we want and, um, having our sights set on, on, on completing certain goals. But I think that where we can loosen the grip a little bit is how we see those goals unfolding and not be so focused on having them, you know, uh, completed in a certain way or, or happening in a certain way. That's where, you know, that's, that's not our job. That's where we have to let the universe help guide us and listen to those pieces of intuition, listen to those signs, um, be open to, to different ideas and different ways of doing things 
And it's like, for example, it's like when you're asking for more, more money into your, into your, into your life, you're, you know, that's what you're hoping to manifest. Don't, don't be so, um, controlling as to believe that it has to come from your job or that it has to come from clients or that it has to come from the latest course you've created. Be open to it coming from other places. Be open to it not being in the form of cash. Be open to it being in the form of a gift from somebody or finding money on the street. You know, if you're open to these other ways of welcoming what you want, the larger sense of what you want into your life, it will be shown to you in ways that you cannot even imagine. <sighs> so today was kind of a mixed bag podcast. We got a little bit of travel talk in there, a little bit of manifestation talk, a little bit of life lessons, spontaneity, keeping control, knowing yourself, a little bit of everything um, with some life updates in there. So with that, I'm going to go out and explore this glorious overcast day in Paris and I hope that this instilled some good vibes for you for your weekend, maybe inspired some things to journal about, you know, ask yourself, what are you calling into and write down a few different ways that you could see it coming into your life. You know, if you start asking yourself multiple ways to achieve a certain outcome, that's a good starting point to allow even more ways to, to unfold. And, um, you know, you can also ask yourself, you know, if, if your goal in life is to experience, um, a little bit more spontaneity, where are other places that you feel like you can loosen the reins a little bit? You know, if it's planning a travel trip, can you, can you leave a little wiggle room to stay and maybe extra day or two in some place that you may get there and realize that you love and not want to leave or, or can you, um, can you change an accommodation from, you know, being in hotels the whole time to, you know, just seeing what it's like to be in a hostel, meeting different faces and just experiencing something different, putting yourself outside your comfort zone. If you, excuse me, um, are interested in doing a work away, you know, get on the website, even if you don't know where you would go, because you can, you can literally do workaways everywhere, everywhere, at least create an account, explore, go on, see what it looks like, you know, just get the ideas. And that's one other thing. This is, this is kind of like a totally other podcast topic. I'll talk about, I'll, I'll do at some point, but it kind of goes along with the idea of like acting as if, and if you are always kind of putting things off into, you know, oh, I'll do that in the future. Oh, I'll like look at work away when I know I have time to travel. Like, oh, I'll start researching, you know, apartments when I know that I can afford it. If you start doing those things now, if you start like your, your reality will respond to the way that you, that you behave in it. And so if you start doing those things now and acting as if that is your reality now, then it will become your reality. Like that's just how the universe works. And that was something that I was kind of still doing when I was living in New York. You know, I realized like there were, I was, I knew in my head that I wanted to leave when my lease was up, but I wasn't really doing anything about what would happen when it was up or, you know, I, I wasn't really thinking ahead. I wasn't acting as if it was actually going to happen. I was kind of just like thinking in my head, Oh, I want to do this. And just kind of sitting there with that, with that. And instead, when I started to actually think, okay, what would my life look like once I actually left? What would I do? Where would I go? And that was when I was like, Oh, maybe I don't just want to, you know, 
find another place in a different city and settle down. Maybe I want to travel. Maybe I want to go to all of these places. Okay, where do I want to go? Let's look up where I want to go. And, you know, what, what, where would I be open to staying? And you see my point is that you can think that you want certain things and daydream about them. And that's great. It's great to have those, but then you need to start actually taking action on them. And it doesn't mean that you have to commit right away, but if you start actually kind of just doing the baby steps to the process, that's, what's actually going to get you there. Not just the waiting. And this perfectly ties into something that I've been talking about recently. And I did a blog post on this and that's the idea of, of having patience, which I think is a little bit overrated. I think it's important to have, to have patience in certain situations and, um, to have things in the future that you're looking forward to and to get excited about that, about that. And that's great. But what's really more important is to have presence and have presence in the moment, in the now with what you do have, what your reality is, but also what you want your reality to be. And in this present moment, if you start making what you're, what you're, what you're, what you think that you have patience for is in the future. But if instead you're taking that future goal, that future desire into the present moment, acting as if making it your reality then you're having that presence now and you're making that reality your now. And then it's no longer something in the future that you have to have patience for. So, okay. With all of that, now it is time to go out to enjoy the rest of my day. It is a Friday here. Wherever you are, whatever day it is that you're listening to, I hope that you enjoy. I hope that this was motivating, inspiring, and please share with anybody you think would benefit from listening. Wherever you are, be there fully. Take care, guys, and I'll see you on the next episode.